Hi, and welcome to the Space Policy Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Rose. Today's episode is on fresh approaches to fostering the ideal guardian. We'll be talking about the foundational document, the guardian ideal, and what makes talent management in the U.S. Space Force unique from the other services. Chief Master Sergeant James Tobias is the most senior enlisted leader of STARCOM, the field command responsible for training and readiness. He'll be talking to Lena Cashin, retired Air Force and a senior project engineer in the Defense Systems Operation Group at the Aerospace Corporation. Over to you, Lena, to get this conversation started. Thank you, Rebecca. That was some introduction. Well, welcome, Chief Master Sergeant Sebeas. We are very honored to have you with us today as the senior enlisted leader of Starcom. I was wondering if you could just start by telling us a little bit about your experience in the Air Force and how you decided to join the U.S. Space Force. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, so, so yeah, my my career. Uh, I'm a career intel uh, person at this point. I can't say airman. I guess I'm not an airman anymore. But I started my career as an airman uh, in intel. Uh, started off. Uh, flying on board Compass Call uh, for about four years. And then after that, that's when I got my first introduction into space. I got an opportunity to do um, four years with the third space surveillance squadron when it existed back in Osawa, Japan. Um, beyond that, I did some support with F-16CJs. And then uh, from there, I had about a about a 13-year stint within NSA at a couple of different sites um, where I also had access and um experience with uh, within the space field and so um, as my career progressed um, I made chief and got to go do uh, some things within uh, the cyber realm and I got to go to the training schoolhouse at Goodfellow um, right around the time that the space force stood up and so when the opportunity presented itself um, you know it was one of those things where it's you know I I had enough space experience, uh, my training background, and and other things that I had done that I felt that I could uh, I could bring something to the space force. I knew the the challenge that uh, laid ahead for the space force, and so um, that was that was kind of what prompted me to uh, submit my submit my application. And uh, thankfully, I was selected, and uh, it's it's been an exciting time ever since. Well, the Space Force is certainly lucky to have someone so experienced um, in uh, Intel and in crypto as you are, and um, also a senior enlisted leader uh, who has a diverse background is especially um, great for the Space Force as we endeavor to be the most technically advanced, but also diverse force. Um, in September, September 21st of this year, the U.S. Space Force released a publication called The Guardian Ideal. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that and maybe share some inside the, you know, behind the curtain kind of thing or inside the, you know, the circle of, of, uh, of trust. What are some of the things in The Guardian Ideal and how did it come about? Yes, ma'am. So the the guardian ideal uh, started um, with with a, a small group of folks that represented uh, each of the uh, enlisted officers in civilian corps. Um, started off by not really trying to kind of 
paint what this thing should be, but uh, you know, just envision kind of what type of things across the force that we we envision ourselves as guardians um, that we would want in some of the key things that would uh, would make up our culture. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how it began. It, it went through many, many iterations uh, across, you know, everybody from uh, our, our most junior ranking personnel uh, all the way through our, our, our general officers. And so um, the guardian ideal is, is meant to serve as, as, as the framework for um, what we hope that our culture clings onto and grows from. Um, it is that framework that embodies exactly what we we hope each uh, guardian ideal aspires to become, uh, and it's also a sort of a guide path for uh, senior leaders um, of, of any rank to um, kind of serve again as that guidepost to keep them on par, not to only know what it is that we want to aspire to, but also to um, help guide those uh, that 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 are in their stead, and then also to keep us. Uh, you know, on our own path as well, and make sure that we're held accountable uh, to the things that the guardian ideal espouses. Um, and so, th that's essentially kind of how it how it how it grew. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a huge landmark document that's going to help us grow and and get to the place where we need to be. Um, but we're not just there yet, but we're we're on our way. The guardian ideal is really a, a very large document in, in its like page number, but it's also so aspirational. And then at the end, you have all these implementation actions. So I know it's it's a it's a big deal for the air the space force, uh, but also more importantly, the people in the guardians who have to implement this. One of the areas that uh, stood out to me as a former Air Force officer is the four core values. And I was wondering out of uh, courage, character, commitment, connection, uh, how did you pick those four? How did you decide that those would be the four? And um, why did you choose to say go differently than the Air Force core values of of uh, integrity, service before self, and excellence in all we do. Yes, ma'am. Great, great question. So, so again, um, we started with a small working group of folks that represented every demographic across uh, the space force. Um, when, when specifically going after the core values, uh, we didn't start with you know what words should we you know what, what words should we emulate, what words should represent us. Uh, in fact, it, we started with asking those working groups questions of, you know, what, what would they envision and what, 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 what would they relate to, those kinds of questions um, that were meant to kind of get at the, the core of, of what is important uh, to those individuals uh, within an organization. Uh, from there, again, we did multiple working groups, uh, multiple iterations. Um, we, 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 we let the, the conversation from all those individuals help guide us towards the words uh, that we eventually chose. Um, there was there was surveys again out to our most junior folks and and, and even to uh, to our most senior. Um, we we got pretty close. Uh, I want to say maybe over the summer, and we did uh, again another set of surveys, uh, specifically asking you know, what of those kinds of words uh, resonate with folks. Um, as you would imagine, the more senior folks, we we 
we were tied obviously to the Air Force Corps values because that's a, that's what many of us grew up in. Um, but seeing these words and seeing the definitions and, and, and getting that opportunity to kind of peel back what was uh, important to each of us is, is that culmination of all that data and input is, is what led us to these four words. Um, the, the words weren't what we started with. It was the process that we followed to help get us there. Um, and, and the reason for you know, kind of shifting towards a different set of core values other than what the Air Force had. Uh, it, it wasn't that those values uh, weren't meaningful and, and had, you know, had their own place, um, but we felt that it was it was uh, essential for us to have our own core values to be able to create our own culture um, and, and one that meets the needs of our service, which is quite different uh, than the Air Force or any other service. And so, um, it wasn't done with, with any slight towards the Air Force core values. It was, it was, it was done to, to, again, create our own uh, culture and identity. Um, and, and these words, after you know the extensive amount of research and analysis, we felt that these were the words that uh, best emulate what we feel the Space Force is and what we feel it will aspire and evolve to. I was wondering on the four core values of character, courage, commitment, and connection. Since we have a public audience here, many people might not be aware of how you define them, how you describe them, or more importantly, how you would see them implemented. I was wondering if you could just expound on that a little and share your experience of what you think they mean and how you educate the new Space Force guardians on those core values. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start from the top. Um, our, our first core value is character. Um, we believe that um, investing in our guardians and, and helping grow them from where they are, um, you know, as you know, whether they're officer or enlisted civilian, they all come from a certain background or a hometown, if you will. Uh, they all have their own experiences, and uh, we feel we owe it to them to kind of teach them not just character, but all core values and kind of, you know, help them understand what that means. Um, but by doing so and instilling uh, the, the core competencies of what we believe the Guardian is, is meant to emulate, uh, we believe that that'll, that'll help build their character, uh, build on top of what they bring to the service. Uh, a, a Guardian character is one that, uh, you know, acts in, 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 a, in a way that... Uh, does the right thing even when it's not popular um and so you know it's going to be something that we you know for our enlisted folks and, and officers will start a basic training in ots and we'll embed that into them and, and we'll continue that through initial skills uh the same with the each each value um but that's that's character in a nutshell we believe that if if we invest in our guardians such um that making our guardians good people people of character uh, they, they will in turn just naturally make the service better. Uh, the competencies that they do for their job uh, are something that we can always teach and that we can always grow on and we can always uh, rehabilitate. Um, but building a guardian of character is going to be what makes the, uh, the Space Force uh, just that much more dynamic. Um, on the core value of connection, um, you know, we, we also feel that um, connection is important you know, from, from the top to the bottom. Right, that we are engaged with every guardian, um, that they know uh, that we are a, a family and that we're tight knit, um, and that it's not just words that we that we that we that we preach, but it's something that it, that means something. Uh, so that when we see 
uh, a fellow guardian in a blue name tape. So you see a civilian that you know is a part of the Space Force, uh, no matter their background, uh, that we have a deep-seated connection that keeps us responsible to one another, uh, to keep that keeps us uh, responsible just for the well-being of each each other. And uh, through that connection, um, you know, again, that that's something that will will emulate onto our, our work side um, and help us to uh, stay more in sync at, at, as a service. Um, commitment commitment is a, is uh, is meant to kind of get after uh, the commitment that we have to one another and to the service. Um, you'll see that in uh, in the guardian commitment where we no kidding. Uh, make that verbal commitment to one another. Um, and that applies no matter whether you're a guardian or airman or a joint warfighter uh, serving in our ranks. Uh, we feel that that commitment is, is meant to be held to, to one another, no matter who is uh, serving alongside us. Uh, that commitment is, you know, the commitment to understanding your job, to understanding what it means to be a guardian and, and just the commitment to becoming a better version of yourself. Um, the, the final one, uh, courage, you know, we feel that that one is extremely important, right? So that, you know, given our size of our force, we, we need every guardian uh, to, 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 to be fully bought in and, and to have the courage to kind of speak up when when things are maybe not going well, or maybe things don't make sense. Um, we're too small to have someone kind of, you know, sit in silence. Um, we, we need them to have the courage to speak up and, and, and do what's right and, and do the things that are in the best interest of the mission and, and, and the service. And, we believe that that takes courage uh, to, to get us there, um, whether it's it's it within, our, within our own ranks or within a joint environment. Um, and as I said initially, with with, with character, each of, each of these four C's um, are going to be something that we, we plan to teach from day one, that we plan to ingrain into our guardians uh, in, from from day one, and then it's on our our shoulders as senior leaders uh, to continue to emulate that and to carry that forward. And, uh, you know, in a nutshell, that's that, that's what the four C's uh, mean. Thank you, Chief. That's going to be especially really useful to the guardians who are going through the U.S. Space Force training and education program, especially when they get um, oriented into the Space Force. Um, one of the things that I thought was especially interesting in the guardian ideal was these I will statements and that commitment from the leader um, to the uh, to the member, but the member also to the team. And I was wondering if you could just expound a little bit on the I will. It sounds more like a, a creed or or some a mantra that you that you say. And could you describe how you might be using that in education to educate for the four core values? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, just as I said with the, with the, uh, the, the core value of uh, commitment, uh, that guardian commitment in of itself, those I will statements um, are, are meant to not just uh, exemplify that, but also to, um, you, know, re, you know, reaffirm or affirm in the case of, you know, the first time uh, around that commitment to one another, uh, that commitment to the things that, you know, as a senior leader, the things that I owe to those that are in my stead. Um, that you know that I, I will continue to exemplify those things, um, and it's 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 also um, you know meant for that junior member to kind of obviously do the same thing. But we feel that you know this statement, you know, when you see those words on paper, when you 
when you verbalize them and then you internalize them, uh, you know, again, they, they, they serve as that, that guidepost to kind of push you forward to, to, to uphold those values of what you're meant to do. Um, you know, in, in, a, in a training environment, that's going to be something that, you know, um, again, we'll have to re, re, reiterate. Uh, we'll have to continue to uh, ingrain across everything that is we do. Um, you know, I think each of those I will statements has, has a different applicability from, from basic or OTS um, through your tech school and, and into your mission. Uh, and then as the more junior folks grow into their own leadership roles, um, those I will statements will be, again, that reaffirmation of, of what it is that they owe, not just to themselves, but to those that they serve uh, and, and, and that they serve with. And so we, we believe that that statement, you know, saying those words, affirming it, you know, through that commitment, again, just just it solidifies it within each individual and how important it is to to be committed to one another and to, to be committed to the mission. Well, in addition to the I will statements, which provide a really great affirmation from the leader and the member and the member back to the leader and the team, one of the areas that I found really um, insightful and um, kind of progressive was the whole section you have on the guardian ideal about resiliency. In fact, um, I'm going to read a little bit about the, the section of resiliency. Um, it talks about acknowledging that stress, adversity, and struggle is a part of the human condition. And it says that it's integral in how we connect, engage, develop, and care for our guardians and their families. And so it goes on to talk about the approach of pillars being mental, physical, social, and spiritual. And I wanted to ask you, um, what things are you doing? What, uh, what type of um, areas are you looking at in the Space Force to make the Space Force uniquely a force or a workforce that cares about the well-being of the individual? And how are you going further um, with those projects and those four pillars? Yes, yeah, so the great, great question and a, a great point of regarding the ideal. And so, um, you know, this is one of those things that, you know, just as the ideal states, it is a human condition. We realize that, you know, people are, are human and that they have uh, struggles, they have challenges, um, no matter their rank, no matter their position, um, it, it is a human thing. And, and, you know, the reason that is so important is that, you know, oftentimes, especially I can say as, as a military member, um, you know, we, we tend to uh, not given, not be given the, uh, the space to acknowledge some of those things, right? They sometimes have maybe negative connotations if we do those things. And, and what we want in the Space Force is, is, is to not look at it in that light. We want to know that it is, again, it's part about being human, right? We, we, we all struggle from the four-star to, to the one-striper uh, to the brand-new civilian. We, we, we all have challenges in our life, be it work or personal, spiritual, or, or, or whatever the, the case may be. And so, you know, resiliency um, it, it is more than just, uh, you know, some annual training and things like that. It's, it's, it's meant to be. Uh, part of our lifestyle as well, right? That that we're constantly looking out for one another, um, that we acknowledge that it's okay uh, if we struggle, if we fail, uh, and, and and guide people through what that means. And so 
again, from a training perspective, obviously we're, we plan to uh, address that from basic training and all the way up. Um, and again, we, we, we plan for it to not be again, just a, you know, another CBT or anything kind of like that that you take. Um, we, are, we are in the process of building up resiliency teams. Um, we also plan to kind of build on uh, some of the things that other services have uh, in, in, in terms of uh, having those that are able to help us uh, available to us at, at every level. Uh, and, then, and, and then further, we hope that, you know, through the training and education that we provide to our guardians that, you know, after a certain amount of time that um, our guardians will be further steeped in what it means to be resilient, what it means to care for one another, what it means to, to get help uh, and to guide guide you through the, again the struggles of everyday life and those are those are just some of the approaches that we're looking at the things that we're building up um, but you know like with everything else this is this is all a um, you know a, a work in progress as we're you know you may have heard the phrase you know it's like building a plane while you're flying it building the satellite if you will while you're flying it and so these things are are, are things that we are definitely focused on. Um, because again, it, it all comes down to the guardian individual, right? We, we believe that investing in the individual, uh, in, in investing in them equally uh, will allow them to become the best versions of themselves and, and resiliency plays a huge part in it. Chief, thanks for those comments on resiliency. That is so important to be a uh, very um, strong, mental, spiritual, and physical um, specimen that the Guardian uh, is looking for that the Space Force really needs. One of the areas that the Space Force has um, endeavored to be is the digital force of the future. And that provides um, an interesting maybe challenge or opportunity about recruiting and retaining people. Um, how do you recruit and retain for such a technologically advanced force, but also uh, focusing on a diversity that you want to encourage and promote? Yeah, so uh, that, is a, that is a pretty significant uh, part of our approach. Uh, you know, from a recruitment standpoint, uh, we just started uh, over the last uh, month or so um, transferring some Air Force uh, junior ROTC organizations um, across the country into Space Force uh, junior ROTC uh, units. Uh, we, have, we have two currently, one in uh, North Carolina and one in Las Vegas. And uh, we've got about another eight to go that we plan to convert over. Uh, and so we, we believe that's going to be one aspect from the recruitment standpoint that we start to kind of you know, put that into the high schools. Um, you know, with a focus obviously towards STEM and the, the you know the technology technologically savvy type of individual, um, you know, that there's also going to be an approach where you know in, in every uh, December where we we try to get into uh, as many elementary schools as we can as well, just to kind of make them known, uh, make the space force known to those individuals, just so that those young students can uh, at least understand that that's an that's an option that they can pursue uh, when they should should they so. So be inclined, um, but those that we are recruiting uh, today, um, you know, we we are we are thankful in that the uh, the folks that are coming to us to, to be a part of the space force, um, they are already emulating uh, what we hope to, to become in the future. Um, folks that are 
we're focused on, on, on STEM and focused on technology and, and more importantly, focused on uh, being a part of something that is, is, is different and, uh, you know, that they understand the, the, the reason that we exist and, and they all want to be a part of that. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to see the people that are coming in today into the Space Force, uh, what they're bringing, their talents, um, you know, our, our, I'll speak on the enlisted recruitment. Um, the, the work that we've got out on the street right now is, is at least initially uh, appearing to, to, to work pretty well. Um, you know, be it a, a commercial or the efforts that our recruiters are actually uh, going after. Uh, a few months back, we did actually identify about 30 recruiters uh, of the Air Force since we are still relying on the, uh, the Air Force for that service. Uh, but these 30 are dedicated uh, Space Force recruiters. And so, um, you know, they're, they're getting uh, trained up on, on the things that we value and uh, on, on the big programs that we're, we're pushing in, in the direction that we're heading. And, and again, we're seeing great results there. On the retaining side, um, you know, that's, that's something that when you go into the Guardian Ideal, um, specifically where we talk about developing and employing talent, uh, that essentially equates to talent management. We believe that the, the approach that we're taking is completely different. Um, one of the huge benefits of our size is that we are able to get after things from a talent management perspective that you couldn't in the other services. Um, the numbers just don't, don't allow it. And so uh, giving tailored feedback to individuals and, and, and helping them uh, you know, become the best version of themselves, helping them to achieve the goals that they want uh, through assignments and other things, uh, other means, whatever their goals may be, um, we believe that that talent management approach, that tailored approach, is is going to help us, uh, you know, retain folks in the service. Um, we have a couple other programs that we're trying to, to, to work through to figure out how we want to do them, uh, where we incentivize our guardians based on the experience that they bring, um, and we believe that you know that coupled with the uh, other initiatives that we spoke about today, that connection, uh, the, the investment in resiliency and, and investment in individual guardians. Um, based on where they are at in, in their career and in their life and what they want to achieve. We believe all those things will help in the retention uh, realm. Uh, like with any service, you know, you, you, you'll have some folks that, you know, they'll come in, they'll serve and, and, and they'll move on and, and, and we wish them the best. Um, but, but another aspect of that that we're taking is that our, um, we, we, are, we are planning to, you know, no kidding, stick by the word of, of, of our core values and stay with that connection and that commitment even should a guardian separate, um, you know, we, we plan to keep in touch with those folks. We plan to keep track of them, not track of them in the sense that we watch whatever they do, but we kind of have a record of them and, and, and make sure that we're still engaged with those folks. And should they ever change their mind, want to come back, um, you know, if they start from listed, want to come back as an officer, when they are as a civilian, uh, we want to welcome them back with open arms. And we believe that approach, um, that, that will help folks maybe, uh, maybe make it a little bit more difficult for them to, to pick up and leave the space force uh, and, and make them want to continue to be a part no matter uh, what, uh, in what capacity that they serve. 
Chief, thank you for talking to us about the recruiting and retention of the U.S. Space Force members. I know personally from being an ROTC um, graduate, I would love to have a Space Force ROTC detachment that I could have been part of. Um, I joined the Air Force and that was okay with me because I got to do space operations for quite a number of years before I left the, the Air Force. Um, but that is just, it's so interesting to me that there is a Space Force. In fact, I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and um, my daughter sent me Space Force t-shirts. And when I wear them, people say, is that a real thing? I'm like, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and so it seems like recruiting would be actually pretty easy, but I know you want to be very selective and get the right people uh, with the right character and competencies. Uh, so um, just a, a couple more uh, thoughts that I had on the Guardian Ideal was uh, the timeline and the visionary aspirations in the Guardian Ideal, specifically how long do you think that these core values, the four core values that the Guardian Ideal um, has established, how long do you think it would take for the force to actually um, inculcate them and make it be part of the culture? Yes, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I don't know that we have a specific timeline um, you know, that we're, we're aiming for, um, you know, like with anything, you know, that's, that's related to culture, you know, that, that takes time to inculcate across any organization. And so, you know, it's something that we are, you, you know, from, from, from the senior leader standpoint, we are, we are all bought in on, on, you know, kind of finding a way to embed this across our force. Um, we believe that, you know, you know, once we, we do those things, um, that we, we take our time kind of pushing this across um, that, that eventually it's going to, to kind of kind of evolve. Uh, I think it's also kind of in line with, with, with other things um, that continue to evolve as, as well. That'll help make it, uh, you know, some be, become something that uh, every guardian just emulates and, and, and that culture will eventually evolve. And, you know, as, as you stated, you know, we, it is pretty amazing that we have a space force, right? And so, uh, something that we we consistently take into account is that you know we're we're, we're just on the cusp of being about two years old, and uh, you know when you, when you take it from that perspective to realize all that we've accomplished so far, um, but yet we have so, such a long way to go. Um, you know, embedding those 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 four C's and in, in, in the guardian ideal uh, is going to take time, right? It's going to take time for us to uh, to get to that point because. We've got so many different things that we still got to continue to grow from, from basic military training to uh, initial skills training, um, bringing on uh, not only airmen that came from different backgrounds like myself and Intel, we have cyber airmen, we have engineers, we have acquisition uh, personnel, bringing them all in, uh, you know, whether they had space experience or not, um, just teaching them what space is and, and introducing them to our, our culture and identity. Um, that's that's another aspect that's it's going to take time, and then you know we're right now in the throes of bringing over uh, sister service members uh, that are coming from the Army, and the Navy, and the Marine Corps. Uh, same thing there, you know they they just like airmen uh, were, were raised in a different service with a different set of core values and a different mission focus, and so 
as we bring all of these individuals together to create this Space Force team, you know, again, I, I don't know that there's a, a timeline uh, on how long it will take, um, but I can tell you that, you know, the, the folks that we have brought over, uh, even even our sister services, uh, the, the, the few folks that I've had the privilege to be around, um, you know, they are all in on, on the Space Force. And so I know in, in, in those individuals, uh, the airmen that we brought over, um, the sister service members that we brought over, uh, we are not having to convince them how important this is and how important the guardian ideal is. And so we, in each of those uh, those members, we have staunch advocates uh, that, that are going to you know, push this through from, from top to bottom uh, and, and not just push it through just so that people you know repeat phrases and things like that. I mean, we really want people to embody and understand this and that you know that that's going to take um time for them to correlate it to their mission sets and to what they do um on a daily basis uh to to their own career paths um you know applying it to those things uh is again going to take time uh but we're, we're pretty confident that the uh that framework is is going to help us shape what a guardian becomes and and how the space force evolves and um you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, you know, start to stick sooner rather than later, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to continue to stay dedicated to uh, from the top to the bottom to make sure that uh, that it evolves the way it needs to. Um, the, the best way to put it is, you know, that framework is kind of like uh, if you were to take a ship and sink it in the ocean to kind of recoil around it so that you can uh, create that habitat. Uh, the guardian ideal is, is, is that ship. It's that framework that we know things will grow around it, but it's going to take time. Wow. Well, that brings me to almost our last question that I was thinking about today is when you think of a guardian 20 years from now, how would you describe him or her? Uh, what characteristics, attributes, traits would they have? And maybe what are some of the missions that they would be doing that we haven't really envisioned right now? Yeah, so a guardian 20 years from now, um, I think no matter how I describe it, I think I would be probably pretty amazed uh, to see where they're at and what they've become. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a, a, an individual that is extremely well-trained, uh, invested in, uh, you know, in multiple ways. Uh, someone that is obviously digitally fluent, but digitally capable as well. Um, someone that's pretty confident in their skin uh, because our focus is going to be to also to invest in our folks at, at probably a more junior level than we would normally in the other services. Uh, and again, that's because of our size. Uh, we, we need our folks to be fully capable and ready and resilient and be armed with the things that make them uh, make them as capable as they can be. And so in, in, in 20 years, I think that that guardian that is maybe sitting in my position or you know sitting in uh, a, a general officer position is going to emulate those things uh, completely. Uh, the, the things that we're talking about today that we're we're helping to shape, I, I think it will be just second nature for those folks. Um, as far as uh, you know, what missions uh, they may they may be working on, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's going to be something that uh, is is where we're going to have to continually focus on um, evolving our capabilities where they're at today uh, to stay one step ahead of our our adversaries. And so uh, I think the things that they'll be working on in, in 20 years from now are, are going to be far more advanced than what we have now. Um, 
something that is is going to be that where that guardian has uh, far more capabilities, both um, in terms of digital connectivity, um, skills that they utilize. Uh, it, I, I just envision that something like that in 20 years is going to be, you know, there, there's going to be really no domain that they can't uh, really pursue and go down. That's great. Yes. I think of the guardian for the future would be someone who's like an ambassador and global and strategic in nature. And as you said, really uh, takes in all of the competencies of the whole joint force and puts them to practice, maybe on the moon, maybe in Mars, um, and provides security and defense uh, for those areas or maybe resources um, or transportation uh, as they go travel through space. So the, the future for the guardians is, is certainly bright. I wanted to give you an opportunity uh, because we have a public audience to share anything that you think would be uh, valuable for the, not just the country, but the world to know about U.S. Space Force Guardians and how you as a senior enlisted leader really make a difference in um, each day and uh, employing uh, the guardians and helping them with their personnel issues, but also really making the mission of the U.S. Space Force successful. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll start with maybe, you know, some of the things that, that, that people at, at the FieldCom level, which I'm privileged to serve at, you know, that the things that we are able to get after as a guardian, um, you know, because of our size, because of the, the way that we're structured, you know, we, we are able to cut through normal lines of bureaucracy that, you know, maybe other services can't because of their size. Uh, we're able to make a difference, uh, you know, in, in people's lives uh, on a daily basis. Uh, we get after personnel issues, we get after financial issues, we get after a, a myriad of different things, and we're able to do so uh, again because not only just the size piece, but because we're empowered to do so. Uh, we're empowered from from our most senior leaders on down uh, to, to to move move out and, and do what's in the best interest of our service without having to. You know, ask for permission every single time that we need to do something that is 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 again in the vein of our, our, our core value of character that that is just right and is the right thing to do. And so, um, you know, being a guardian uh, means that you you are truly a valued person of the service. Uh, every guardian brings something valuable to the fight, uh, and we plan to to amplify that no matter their level. Um, when I meet with uh, junior guardians, be it at tech school or when they arrive to our installation, um, you know, I, I reinforce the importance of what they bring, right? They're not just a number. They're not just, uh, you know, another one of the four or five in our ranks. Um, they, they are a extreme, extremely important capability uh, and person of our team. And, and we hope that that emulates and that, that, that resonates across the service and, and, and resonates not only within the Space Force, but outside. Um, you, you touched on something a little bit earlier where, you know, you wear a Space Force shirt and people ask you if that's a thing. I get, I get asked that question all the time. And so, you know, my hope um, kind of tying back to another question is in 20 years from now, uh, 
you know, that won't be a thing, right? People won't ask, is that a, is that a service? Is that a, did that really happen? They'll know that it is because of what we bring to the fight um, and the capabilities that we show uh, in everything that we do. And, and those are the things that, uh, you know, make up what it means to be a guardian in the Space Force. Um, and it is an approach that we, we plan to continue uh, to, to, to grow even further uh, and to continue to do those things that, uh, that will make our service uh, unique, not only in, in, in the mission we do, uh, but in the way that we grow, develop, and take care of our, our, our personnel from top to bottom. Chief, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure and honor to talk to you today and share the guardian ideal and the four core values, the four C's uh, to the public audience. Um, I think this was a great um, opportunity for us to share this with the public. And um, I think at this point, we'll just close and over to you, Rebecca. And thank you, Lena and Chief Master Sergeant Sabayas for getting us familiar with force and people development in the Space Force. And thanks to our out of this world production team, Colleen Stover, James Liggins, and Jordan Bingham. Check us out on Twitter using hashtag the Space Policy Show. Sign up for our news and alerts at aerospace.org policy. And be sure to look for our podcasts and share your favorite episodes with colleagues. We look forward to having you tune into the next episode of the Space Policy Show. And until then, take care. <laughs>